Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Hey friends, Catherine here, and I want to invite you to join our Girls Gone Gravel Adventures team. Whether you're preparing for your first big bike trip, lining up at a starting line, or just learning to clip in for the first time, it's more fun with a community to cheer you on. This team is a non-competitive team focused on creating a supportive space for cyclists of all levels. We want to make it easy to find the resources you need. So here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a place to connect with like-minded cyclists. You're going to get opportunities to learn from experts like Kristen Legan, Scotty Lechuga, Laura DeCrescenzo, and more. And you're going to get discounts and early access to events and other fun things. So I hope you'll join us. Just check it out at girlsgonegravel.com backslash team. That's girlsgonegravel.com backslash team. Hope to see you there. Hi, Katie. Hi, Catherine. Uh, you're not my podcast co-host, Christy. Nope. You don't actually even really know what this is about. I was just like, hey, you're recording a podcast intro with me. <laughs> no idea what's happening. Uh, so you're recording the Girls Gone Gravel podcast intro. Nice. Yeah. And I took you gravel cycling once. I loved it. Yeah. It was on my birthday. It was on your birthday. It was a few years ago. Your husband did not love it. He came, he came to my, our bikes weigh, how much was, would you say my bike weighed? Weighs. It's like an old, old mountain bike. The oldest mountain bike. I love that mountain like bike. 30 pounds. But I mean, it's real heavy, real heavy. And Catherine's on this like. Super light gravel bike. So, so light. So nice. She's just like <laughs> zipping up hills. <laughs> it was so fun though. It was really fun. It was, Josh has tried to get me back ever since that, every competition we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, he suffered. Yeah. So I, uh, you're here with me. Well, one, because I'm here at your house in Atlanta. Yay. Uh, and also because I forgot to invite my co-host Christy <laughs> to the podcast recording today. Seems like an important part. Catherine. I know. I know. I realized it right as I hit the record button. And then I was like, I'll just record the intro by myself, but it's not that fun when, when I'm doing it by myself. So, uh, okay. So we're going, we're doing something fun this weekend. Yeah, we are. You just had a big birthday. I did. You turned 30. (laughs) You did not turn 30. (laughs) Turned 40. So cool. And we're going to New Mexico. 
Born in New Mexico. I did not get put in charge of the itinerary, but for a minute I was trying to find bikes to rent, but then I realized it was going to be kind of chilly and not everybody in our group might enjoy riding bikes with me. Well, I'm trying to make Gavin run a 5k with me because we can't ride bikes, but she's, she's, she's going to do it reluctantly. I'm reluctantly going to walk a 5k. (laughs) (laughs) You can run, walk it. You could do the two, one plan, run two minutes, walk a minute. (laughs) Katie is also an athletic trainer. (laughs) She trains people in fun things like TRX and used to teach spin classes. Yeah. Except for COVID. (laughs) Pre-pandemic. Yeah. COVID got it. So nobody really wants to be in spin room anymore. (laughs) It's true. But there's a lot of sweat. They'd probably rather be on a gravel, gravel road. I know. And you got a gravel bike. Right before the pandemic, have you been out Is riding? Is my bike it? a gravel bike? It's a hybrid, but you can ride it gravel. Oh, okay. No, I haven't because my one friend who does that left. I me. know. You could come visit and bring your bike. I would love that. <laughs> I would really love that. Um, yeah. So, and then uh, what's your family going to do for Thanksgiving? Just going over to my brother's house over in the Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. I'm going to see my parents. I don't know if they're excited that I'm going to see them or not because I'm interrupting their dog's schedule. That's right. Catherine's been replaced by a puppy. I've been replaced by a puppy. I was like, I'm coming in for Thanksgiving because I was coming in for the trip. And my parents were like, we don't know if we can pick you up because we have to take the dog <laughs> to get spayed. Like, so I may, I may or may not be seeing my parents on Thanksgiving. They're like, welcome home for the first time in six months. We figure out how to get here <laughs> and we may or may not have food for you yeah so anyway it'll be it'll be exciting times (laughs) um but it will be a lot of fun on our trip this weekend oh i'm so excited so is this how the intro always works yeah we just talk about shit oh i like it we just talk about stuff (laughs) are you allowed to say that on the podcast we usually like talk about what we did or some kind of funny story or something like that and then we we introduce the guests but you would be interested in this because you were actually in a um exercise science program. Yes. Like you just started back into school. Yes. To work on a master's program. And so today, um, the guest on the podcast is a registered dietitian named Kristen Arnold. Very cool. Yeah. And we've learned over the years, like, what do you think one of the number one challenges is for women when with training and food and nutrition gaining weight? They don't eat even enough. when they're, or they're not eating, yeah, or they're, they're not, not eating, eating enough, enough, which yeah. actually leads to weight gain yeah. when you're training. Um, so we talked to Kristen about like lots of the nitty gritty of what you should eat, like before rides, like you were on the podcast recording cause you were actually grocery shopping. <laughs> oh, you already did it. Yeah. We already oh. did the podcast. You're just doing the intro. You don't have to do the interview. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Please don't interview me on nutrition <laughs> as I'm drinking a beer. We're not drinking beers for oh, this I'm podcast sorry. recording. Drinking We're drinking beer. beers for this podcast recording. <laughs> totally drinking beer. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had a great dietitian, Kristen Arnold, on the podcast. I think like it's going to be, it's actually kind of ironic that it's coming out Thanksgiving week, but lots of great information. If you've had questions about like um, your, what you should be eating before, during, and after training, and kind of even what you should be eating during the week, or maybe you're just feeling a lot of fatigue or something fills off on the bike. She gets into a lot of those things. She was a professional cyclist, so she knows. Um, and then a couple of other things to let you all know. So it is Thanksgiving week, which means there are Black Friday sales going on, and our sponsor, Inside Tracker, is giving us a great deal. You can go to insidetracker.com backslash feisty to save $200 on their ultimate plan. 
you get 25% off site-wide and you're going to get an exclusive free gift of the inner age test. Do you know what my inner age was when I took the test? You know, my real age. I know your real age. Do you know what my inner age was? Yes. 30. 41. Oh. I was five years younger. So good. On my inner age. I wonder what your inner age would be. Like 25. Maybe not. <laughs> I do feel like it. It's not your the age you act. <laughs> so feisty gift is going to be the code that you're going to use on that inside tracker.com backslash feisty site. Then <laughs> Katie's checking her beer now. And then we have, we also have coming out the 12 days of feisty. So we're going to be doing feisty deals every day for 12 days, starting November 29th. So you're going to want to go to livefeisty.com backslash 12 days. That's 12, not written out the number 12, 12 days. And you can be entered to win a really fantastic giveaway and see what all 12 days are going to be about, but there's going to be giveaway or prizes or deals. There's going to be a giveaway and a prize, but they're going to be deals from like JoJ bars and um, some of our other sponsors like Gooder, other people like that. So we're really excited about that. And then the last thing that you need to know that will come out during the 12 days is we have a very exciting gravel event coming up in 2022. And we are going to be releasing all the details about that in a special live podcast recording on December 6th, which I did remember to invite Christy to. So she will be there joining us for that live podcast recording. So check out all those deals. Have a great Thanksgiving. Should we cheers to Thanksgiving? Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. But first... 40th party 40th. in Santa Fe. 40th. If you guys never see me again, come to Santa Fe. And find That's me. where she is. <laughs> You'll find her. Thanks for joining me today, Katie. You are so welcome. This is such a blast. I do it every time. <laughs> come out to Seattle every time I do it. I will. Christy, have you ever been out riding and stopped at a sketchy gas station and been like, eh, I want to go in? but I don't know what to do with my really expensive, nice bike. Uh, yes, that always stinks. Those situations are never fun. I know. And especially if you're by yourself and there's nobody to stay outside and watch the bike for you. Yeah, exactly. You, like have to drive right by that nice cold Coca-Cola <laughs> or bag of potato chips. <laughs> well, I have a feeling we have a way to fix that. We do. We have a brand new podcast sponsor. Auto lock. Auto lock. <laughs> So Auto Lock is a company that creates these great locks. They're cinch locks, so they're small, lightweight, and easy to carry. And they all have combination lock codes. So you can put it in your bike bag. You could even just leave it strapped around your seat post. And Perfect. it just makes it easy to lock your bike to anything or even somebody else's bike. It's ideal for theft deterrent. Um, all the locks have Kevlar in them, so they're really hard to cut. And I think it's just great to have an option wherever you are to always have a lock with you. Yep. And the cool thing is, is they're giving all of our listen listeners a chance at 25% off if you want to buy a cinch lock. Well, I think it's any of their locks on their website. Oh, that's awesome. So, that's even better. I know. Cause they also have that, um, you lock on there as nice. well. So if you need something more heavy duty, if you're riding around in a city, so you just go over to autodesignworks.com and you're going to get 25% off at checkout and free shipping for us customers only. If you use the code girls gone gravel at checkout, again, it's autodesignworks.com and 25% off with girls gone gravel at checkout. Auto lock, hide it in your sock, take it around the block. 
Christy, we have a new sponsor on the podcast. What? JoJ Bars has come on as one of our sponsors. Shut up. JoJ Bars are the best. I know. We both got to try them after the founder of, of JoJ Bars, Jess Sarah, came on the podcast and she sent us a sample box. Uh, which one was your favorite? Uh, my favorite was lemon blueberry quinoa, which I was not expecting. How about yeah. you? Uh, mine was the pancakes and bacon. Which tastes just like pancakes and bacon. It tastes just like pancakes and bacon. And oh, it's goodness. great. It's great to use on the bike or if I'm running late or trying to get out the door for a ride, which usually I'm running late and trying to get out the door. Uh, <laughs> I just grab it and have breakfast on the way. Yep. They taste good and you know they're good for you too. Jess is a chef and an athlete and she's not putting anything in her bars that she wouldn't put in her own body. Yeah. So they're all gluten-free. They don't use any artificial flavors or protein powders. It's all uh, formulated just for you for training or riding or just any adventure that you've got going on. And knowing Jess, I bet she sent you a code. She did. So <laughs> listeners of the podcast can, can go to jojbars.com and use the coupon code GRAVELLOVE15. That's all lowercase GRAVELLOVE15 for 15% off all your orders. Nice. I'm going to get some before we go on our next gravel trip. Agreed. Hi, Kristen. How Hello. Hi, Catherine. I'm great. Okay. How are you doing? I messed up. So I don't have my podcast co-host. So now you have to banter with me. <laughs> How do you feel about that? We just met. Feel great. Yes. Ready to banter. Um, I know that everybody cannot see it, but you have the most fabulous glasses. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I love the red frames with the blue scarf buff, whatever that is. It's like, it's very, you said you're in Fort Collins. Yes. Very Fort Collins. <laughs> yes. I like scarves and I call them neck tubes. So I wear a lot uh, yeah. of things, accessories. Yeah. I found um, the, the buffs, the neck, the neck tubes, as you call them, like they're magical. I, why do, why weren't we wearing these for years and years? Because like for cycling or for running, like you can put them on and then when you get too hot, you just take them off and put it in your pocket, but it keeps you so much warmer. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love them. I wear them, <clears throat> hold my hair back sometimes around my neck, whatever makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I am excited to chat with you. So I have Kristen Arnold with me today, not Christy Moan, who is my Christy that we're used to having, but um, Kristen, you are a registered dietitian. I am. And you also do some cycling. So tell, tell me do. a little bit about you. I, I want to know, because you do a lot of sports dietitian work. So tell me about your you as an athlete and then kind of how you got into this field or what sparked your interest in this. Okay. Um, well, I'll actually say I got into the field and then I got into sports. So, um, I did actually didn't do any sports growing up. I was in marching band and played instruments, but I went to school for dietetics. So I have my RD credential and I went on to get my master's of science in human nutrition. And then I have the sports dietetics credential. But um, I got into cycling uh, senior year of undergrad, and I was in Ohio at the time. I went to the Ohio State University, and in Ohio, or at least in central Ohio, kind of everyone does all the disciplines, like everyone does road, cyclocross, um, and mountain bike at the same time, because the riding isn't 
super interesting there. So I was really fortunate and just got indoctrinated into a really good community and started riding all the bikes all at the same time. <laughs> so um, that would have been in 2011, 2012. And um, fast forward, I've done racing in a bunch of disciplines, but I ended up specializing in road and have raced professionally for six years. Um, and then actually just retired in September from professional road racing. So that happened and I've done quite a bit of gravel interspersed. It's interesting that gravel is, it's interesting to me that gravel is so popular now because we've been doing, I've been doing gravel racing since like 2012 when it, um, because there's quite a bit of gravel races out in the Midwest, even before gravel bikes existed, everyone just rode yeah. their cross bikes. So we've been doing that for a long time and it's really exciting just seeing um, the shift over. Yeah. And you're in Fort Collins now, which has great both gravel and road riding, right? Correct. Yes. Yes. It's amazing out here. It's really good. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I did not realize that you had been a professional cyclist or maybe I did. I read your back bio <laughs> quite a while ago. No honest. worries. <laughs> so, um, well, so, and now you specialize in athletes now in yes. your sports dietetics career. Yep. Yep. Um, got my, like I said, I have the sports dietetics credential, which is, um, 1500 practice hours and like a four hour exam you have to take every four years. Um, and I've been working with athletes in my private practice for five years. And last year I chose to specialize in sports nutrition for women. Um, and so I've taken upon myself to educate myself in the physiology and then also some of the cultural implications that affect, um, women and, <clears throat> And so that's been a really fun project over the last year. Yeah, we, we were talking before the, we started rolling and um, within Feisty Media, who's our podcast producer, who I work with full-time, but we work with the Dr. Stacey Sims brand and just even our women's performance brand, like understanding how much culture impacts everything about us as women. It's, it's crazy. Like our medical treatment, the way we think about food, you know, the way we think about participation in sports like it's totally it's just yeah. kind of unreal um well I was super excited you reached out because you were actually doing a scholarship for uh professional women athletes and so we posted that and put that out but I was like hey do you want to be on the podcast because I always see questions in our Facebook group about nutrition and you know coming from a triathlon background you had to learn so much about nutrition because nutrition was so key to the success of any race. Um, and so I, I just, you know, I think like there are a lot of mistakes when I first started training that I was making. Um, and I, I think like I'm seeing a lot of the questions I think leads me to think other people are making those same mistakes. So I would love, maybe you could give us a few of what are some common things that you see women make maybe when they go from like casual exercise to doing a lot more training or writing or, you know, putting in more hours during the week? Yeah, I think the number one, well, also say in my private practice, what I work with the most people on is just eating enough and drinking enough because it's, 
not intuitive a lot of the time to eat the number of calories and also get the number of fluid ounces that you need down during a ride. Um, there are hormones that are going off that are not necessarily telling your gut isn't necessarily telling you that it wants food, but it actually needs food for energy. And, um, same with hydration, especially in certain conditions. Like I know it's getting to be colder outside. Um, vasopressin is a compound that affects our thirst sensation. And in the cold temperatures, you may not think you, your body needs a lot of fluid, but it actually does. So when you're saying like fluid, how much fluid and like what kind of fluids should people be drinking straight up water? Should they be drinking sports drinks? Like what should we be drinking and how much of it should we be taking in? Yeah. Um, it can range from a really simple recommendation of 16 to 32 ounces per hour, which is like one to two bottles, one to two short cycling bottles per hour. Um, and if you want to get really fancy with it, you can do a sweat test and try to figure out like how much fluid you're actually losing you personally and take those numbers into consideration. But most people it's one to two bottles per hour. And then there is an exceptional amount of research in sports drinks showing that taking in electrolytes like sodium while you're doing exercise improves performance and also decreases your risk for a lot of the adverse symptoms of being underhydrated. Um, so that can be as simple as like making your own sports drink and putting a pinch of salt in your water with a squeeze of lemon to buying, um, all, uh, there's a lot of sports, uh, drink mix products out there, but generally they all have some form of carbohydrate and then also some, uh, sodium in them. Yeah. Uh, I've heard some people say, stay away from Gatorade. What's your opinion on or those types of products. Cause there's like the powders, like the noons and the powders and stuff like that that you can get. And then there's like, you can go to the drugstore or the gas, the drugstore, the gas station and pick up your Gatorade and stuff. Yeah. Gatorade I, in my professional opinion is actually totally fine. If you're using it during exercise, yeah. I think a lot of people that is a really common um, opinion because there's such a problem in our country and world with sugary beverages, but that's not, I mean, they're designed to be used during exercise. They're not designed to be drank outside of exercise. So, um, it does have a lower sodium content than some of the other cycling specific sports drink brands or a lot of the brands coming out now. So that's something to consider that it may not meet your sodium needs, but in general, it's, it's much better than, um, water. If you're, you know, on the side of the road and at a <clears throat> gas station suffering in the heat of a hundred degrees, like the Gatorade is going to be a better, uh, rehydration solution than water. Yeah. I had noticed, uh, especially training in the heat, like if I didn't have something with like an electrolyte or some kind of sodium in it, I'll feel hungover the rest of the day. Like really, it, even if I have plenty of water, I'll just feel kind of like that. Ugh. Yes, As, definitely experience that. 
even in cold days like I actually catch myself in the winter I think I'm drinking enough like I said and I get back and I feel hung over the rest of the day and so I think the sports drinks really help with that yeah okay so you also mentioned like a lot of times it's hard for people to eat because and and I've heard this too like people don't like to eat before they go work out they don't like to eat during a workout and they don't like to eat after workout (laughs) which means like and and people legitimately say I have do they like my stomach just doesn't feel like eating or it bothers my stomach so so maybe let's like what ideally how should we be fueling ourselves if we're going to go out and have like a long ride day we're going to be training you know in that upwards of not just an hour casual ride but longer than that what should we be fueling ourselves with before during and after Okay. So before riding the body needs carbohydrates and then some fat and protein, but the emphasis is on carbohydrate rich foods. Um, and those can be oatmeal, toast, bagels, potatoes, sweet potatoes, really anything that sits well. So the two key factors are carbohydrates and then picking foods that are going to sit well and not give any kind of indigestion while you're riding. Um, Timing can be really helpful and timing again is kind of dependent on whether your gut is going to be able to digest the food in time. And you'll know, you'll know if the food isn't digesting in time or not. It's definitely an experiment in the way of the before exercise. So breakfast two to three hours before a small carbohydrate rich snack within that time. And then you're ready to go. Also, uh, drinking fluids throughout that time as well. One of my, uh, top hydration tips is that your body will absorb a higher percentage of the fluid that you take in. If you take it in smaller sips than if you try to chug a whole bunch of water at one time. So even if you're super thirsty, it will be, you'll be absorbing more of the fluid into your cells. If you drink that cup of water, glass of water over a 20 minute, 30 minute window, than if you try to chug it all right away. So that's helpful, like off the bike and then also on the bike. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, and so then so you've had your like good carbohydrate rich breakfast you haven't just had coffee not guilty of that at all correct (laughs) um and then like for a ride like what should we be thinking about during a ride what should we be eating or drinking well we talked about drinking but what should we be eating I recommend well and by I recommend I mean the the research shows that it's somewhere between two to three hundred calories per hour and that most of those calories from should be from carbohydrates again. And so big picture, it's two to 300 calories with mostly carbohydrates. And then again, foods that are going to sit well for you. And that's very person specific. I think some recommend, some RDs are really heavily emphasizing the real food aspect, which I think is amazing. And I do recommend real foods. Um, but at the end of the day, the more important thing is that you're getting the calories down. So if blocks and gels and bars work for you and 
um, some of the other real food options that you've tried so far don't, then it could be helpful to try some more real food ideas. But at the end of the day, the more important thing is that you're getting what you need down energy wise. Um, and so what that would look like as far as options, uh, Cliff Bar is going to be a 200 to 230 calories with about 25 grams of carb. Um, one gel is usually going to be 80 to 100 calories and 40 or 25 to um, 20 to 30 grams of carb. So, or you could do something like a banana, a, a medium banana is about 30 grams of carb with a, a 120 calories. So those are examples of snacks. And for most people, it's easiest to combine eating with drinking calories. So um, I know Stacy Sims helped formulate a bunch of products <laughs> that we have now. She's helped with Scratch, NBS, uh, Noon, Osmo. Like she, yeah, really has <laughs> influenced um, the market, which is great. And most of the products that I've seen her design, she's recommending around 30 grams, 20 to 30 grams of carb per bottle. So, and that's, that's 120 calories. So if you do like a bottle of mix plus a banana, that's going to get you to that two to 300 calories per hour. Okay. And again, that's per hour. So if you're going out for a five hour ride, you need to load up on snacks. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. And you need to bring extras for all your friends that didn't bring snacks. <laughs> Seriously. And you need to bring an extra snack in case you get a flat and you're on the side of the road for an extra 45 minutes. Um, I mean, your body doesn't care if your Garmin stops or if your Wahoo stops, your body is still working. So um, I usually recommend bringing enough for the time you're expecting and then one extra snack and then maybe like one or two extras for other people. So load up your jersey pockets if you're going long. Yes. So why, why is this so important though? Cause people are like, well, I don't feel hungry. Like, or maybe they've never experienced like the bonk before. Um, and maybe you can explain what kind of a bonking is for people that don't know, but. For sure. If you haven't experienced bonking, you're either doing a really good job of fueling or you haven't gone hard enough to know what happens at the end. <laughs> um, and it's, a it's, caused by low blood sugar. So there's a, a drop in your blood glucose, which causes all kinds of symptoms, including dizziness, nausea, um, like, ex, like fatigue, brain fog, uh, definitely slowing in performance metrics, anything like cadence, heart rate, um, <clears throat> power output, so when so, you're feeling terrible, like two and a half hours into the ride and you're like, why do I feel so bad? It's probably because you, you didn't get enough food. Exactly. Yeah. And that two hour mark is actually really a benchmark for fueling. Um, because, mo well, okay. So everyone has around 2000 calories worth of glycogen available to them, assuming their glycogen is full and glycogen is a form of stored carbohydrates in the muscles and the liver. Um, and endurance bodies love glycogen. They love 
uh, using the glycogen. So if you're fueling well, then you don't necessarily need to tap into your glycogen stores because you have that steady stream of blood glucose. But if you're not fueling well, your body is just burning through that precious fuel source. And then 2000 calories is about two hours worth of work for a lot of people if it's a decently hard ride. So you'll see a lot of people drop off around two hours. And that's generally because they're not fueling well. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to mention is like how, so let's say, you know, you're going to go out for a long time. You're not trying to eat like every hour on the hour, right? You're like trying to eat throughout that. So you don't have to like shove down a banana or a cliff bar. You can eat it in like little bits. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Same as hydration. It's going to be easier for your gut to digest small amounts often than large amounts less frequently. So, um, your body can only absorb so many nutrients at one time. And by having small amounts, that'll help to make sure that you provide, like I said, that steady stream of glucose, but also helping your body to digest the food. Okay. Let's talk about after your ride, because this is gravel and people like their beer. <laughs> they do. Yes. I've noticed this. Um, which we say is good carbs, but like, if you're like, what's the, what should people be getting after like a long a training day or a long ride or something like that? Protein and carbohydrates and fluid and electrolytes. Um, so that's like the nutrition and, um, nutrition goals. Um, and then that'll be, how can you put together electrolytes, carbohydrates, protein, and fluid. Um, <laughs> a lot of times it's helpful to bring food and snacks with you afterwards. That's like my top tip for afterwards is bring, um, everything you'll eat for the next, like at least three hours, because especially with gravel, I know a lot of people drive to start gravel rides. And so it might be, you know, two hours to get home. Um, a lot of times they start in rural or remote areas, which again, you're not going to have access to food. So bringing, um, a snack with you for right after the ride and then potentially either snacks on the way home or a meal that you're going to have like an hour or two later. Um, the, Immediately after the ride, the protein and the carbohydrates are going to one help to restore that glycogen that we burned through those stored carbohydrates, and then also support muscle protein synthesis um, and generally help your body repair itself, right? Because exercise breaks down muscle tissue um, and a lot of other metabolic processes that require protein and amino acids. So it could be anything from a protein shake, like whey based protein powder with shelf stable milk and, um, a banana to like a turkey sandwich. Like a turkey sandwich is like a really common post-workout snack meal, especially in areas that aren't necessarily used to using a bunch of products. Yeah. 
And just to make that connection, that's really, when you're talking about that's how your muscles repair and synthesis, that's where you're getting gains. Like if you get that protein into your muscles after a ride, it's going to help you get those gains, like totally. in your training yep. your muscles. So it's it, like, if people are like, why am I not getting faster? Like it could have to do with your diet and the way you're fueling yourself. Yeah. It's one part, like helping your body, um, repair itself after the exercise, which one helps to improve, um, all kinds of processes, the number of mitochondria, mitochondrial density of the cells, um, help your muscles produce more strands. Um, so there's a lot of performance benefits that will help to lock in all the hard work you did during the ride and then also prepare your body for the next ride. So, um, that's, I think something that can help people understand like, Oh, my body isn't telling me necessarily that I want food, but your body will tell you tomorrow <laughs> when you wake up yeah. that, um, that you should have eaten. So well, that, yeah. that's a really I've, interesting, like, Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, I've noticed if I like screw that up the next day, I want all the crap. Like I want the burger, the fries, and it's almost like an overwhelming craving. And I think it's because it's like, you didn't feel me yesterday. And now I want all the crap today. That can definitely, yeah, I think there's physiologically, um, maybe a physiologist would be able to give more insight on this, but definitely blood sugar has a big part of it. Like you just have your blood sugar levels are off because it wasn't provided that stream of blood glucose when it needed it. Uh, well, so let's, so we talked about like, if you're doing like your long, longer weekend stuff, um, and then you would say like, if you're doing an event, you would follow that same pattern, right? Like of whatever you were doing, like on your longer rides. Um, but what about if like people were getting ready to go into winter, a lot of people are going to be doing some indoor sessions during the week. Maybe they're doing some harder training sessions. So maybe they're right at that one hour mark. Like, what would you, what do you recommend during that? For a one hour trainer session, definitely bring water. I would recommend putting some carbohydrates and sodium in your bottle. Otherwise it's just going to take longer to rehydrate afterwards. Um, also, if you're not great at drinking water throughout the day, like trying to like catch up while you're exercising is going to be <laughs> difficult, but most research shows that anything, any kind of exercise under 90 minutes, as long as 60 to 90 minutes, as long as you're fueled while going into the ride, you shouldn't need anything during the ride to boost your performance. What about the people that get up and do their training trainer sessions first thing in the morning? And they're like, I don't want to eat. Oh yeah. That's a really tough one. Um, at that point, it is helpful to have some kind of protein before the ride. Um, and that is, in my experience, it is easiest to do like a scoop of protein powder with water or something like really um, easy to digest and that protein pre-workout can prevent the muscle breakdown that happens when you're doing extra exercise fasted and provide some calories to support, um, the actual ride. So doing the protein is key number one, and then some carbohydrates. So, um, something like 
two dates and a half to one serving of protein powder would be a good way to support energy levels. And also, again, support those gains that you're going to get from all the hard work you're doing in the ride. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've got our like training nutrition. And then I hear, and this happened to me too, when I, the first time I did an endurance event is I shockingly gained weight <laughs> and mm-hmm. I hear that from people mm-hmm. too. And then later I realized, oh, I actually wasn't ever eating enough, like throughout the week and the day. And, and I want to kind of get into what you talked about, kind of the cultural stuff, maybe in a minute, but could you like talk through like, what, what kind of diet do we need to be eating to fuel? Like if we're doing a lot of cycling or maybe somebody's getting ready to train for a big event, like an unbound or even, you know, they've got like a hundred miler on their calendar for, for next year, what kind of nutrition should they be thinking about to support it during the week? Yeah, actual numbers are always going to be person specific, which depends on your body composition, your height, your weight, your age, um, your resting metabolic rate, all those kinds of fancy things. But um, I mean, most people, if you eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, and you have carbohydrate rich foods, protein, fat, fruits and vegetables, and then also supporting your activity with before, during and after snacks, then you're going to be good to go. So it's really the, the balanced meals, eating three meals a day, plus the snacks around training. Okay. But I want to talk about some of those cultural things that you were mentioning. Cause um, we were talking before we went online and just realizing through some of the stuff that we're doing with feisty, like how much culture has impacted, especially women. And you're saying the word carbs. And I know that there are people that are like freaking out um, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. we've been taught that carbs, you know, like we went through the, many of us, this low carb carbs are evil phase. And so, yeah, maybe like, what are some of the things that you've seen that impact us as women culturally when it comes to nutrition? Hmm. That is a large can of worms. Um, (laughs) You can just pull a few of those worms out. I'll just say that. I'll just say the patriarchy. No. Um, Well, I guess. So one thing I want to clarify, I have this conversation all the time with clients. And first of all, um, when some people say carbs, they are what they're really saying is processed carbs, like they're saying, or processed foods that are rich in carbohydrates. So they mean like pretzels, bread, chips, um, sweets, and, and, but um, in science and nutrition science, like your body doesn't really, at the end of the day, a carbohydrate is a carbohydrate. It's a molecule, right? It's a type of molecule and so they carbohydrates can be found in fruits, vegetables, whole grains. Um, so for the purpose of this conversation, I just wanted to clarify like uh, carbohydrates as a nutrient, not as like a food group. Um, <laughs> so don't eat just gummy bears. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which are delicious and a good source during your ride. <laughs> hundred percent, hundred percent. They go down really easy. 
Um, don't let them get too stale. I've done that before. <laughs> you're like, and then they <laughs> freeze, and then you're like, yeah, it's kind of a fun breaking. exercise, but it's really not. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, there is mo I would say most of my clients, most of my women endurance clients that participate in endurance sports do not eat enough carbohydrates to support their bodies. Um, and a couple cultural implications, like I, I think Instagram and the media in general has a large emphasis on like this quote unquote, like shredded body type, um, where people are in bodies that are very lean, meaning they have low body fat. But one of the ways that you can get your body to look like that is by not having water weight on. And for every gram of carbohydrate you have stored, you have four grams of water. And so for endurance athletes, those stored carbohydrates and those stored molecules of water are exceptionally important. Like if you don't have that, you are not going to perform. It is like not going to be a fun day on the bike. Um, you're going to feel sluggish and it's, you, you'll be able to tell. So I think like one of the cultural implications is just, you know, people trying to fit in bodies that aren't necessarily like geared towards performance. They're geared towards aesthetics. Yeah. You're not fueling your body for what you want to do. Exactly. What you want to do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's interesting because it, it's, there's so much fear of like eating enough. And I know you probably see this in your practice. And then once people do it, they feel so much better often. And they're like, Oh, actually, because as women like that, and probably men too, but I just know the more the research on the women's side, when we're underfed, it's also activating the stress hormones, which actually causes us to gain weight. So it's actually doing the opposite often. And sometimes you'll see like really great benefits. You know, you get into like the intermittent fasting or the really low carb diets and you'll see benefits right away. And then all of a sudden, like they'd stop working after four to six weeks because your body's like done with that. I need some fuel. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, another piece of information that I feel like would be really helpful to share in this podcast is, um, every time you put your body in a state of being under fed or under fueled, you you're telling your body that you're starving it right. In some capacity. And like you mentioned, the, the stress hormones go up. Um, but what happens is your body adapts to that by lowering its resting metabolic rate. So it's like, okay, you're not going to feed me as much. Now I'm going to just do this operate on less calories. <laughs> and so every time you put your body in a calorie deficit, um, you lower your metabolism and therefore it becomes more and more challenging to maintain a certain body weight or composition. Um, so people that unfortunately engage in yo-yo dieting where they're going in and out of calorie deficits, that is really challenging, um, to come out of it with, uh, with a good body composition at the end. 
um, forget where I was going to say about that, but I guess that's why a lot of people come to dietitians, right? <laughs> like they've yo-yo dieted a lot and they're like, I've tried it for the seventh time and it didn't work this time. And, and that's why, um, yeah. because their resting metabolic rates are so low. So tell, tell people like, what's the difference in seeing a dietitian and just like getting a diet book and following a diet book? Like, what are you going to do if somebody came to see you to help them? Uh, so registered dietitians are trained clinically, right? Like we have a four-year didactic degree that includes biochemistry and all the sciences, but also it's, it can be, it is very clinically focused as well. Um, and, and person specific. So, I mean, obviously there's lots of diet books out there. Some of them emphasize like the physiology and the biology. Some of them emphasize, um, nothing at all. They just like totally (laughs) make stuff up. So, um, I mean, the difference is that we're trained to understand the science, but also understand how to apply it to the individual within the context of your personal needs and um, physiology. Um, And also culturally, we have a lot of um, training and counseling and behavior change. So we'll be able to provide therapy and care in that way as well. Um, but really also like, yes, dietitians, you know, we get paid, this is our livelihood, but I mean, books can be for some people, they're a way to make money. And, and I don't think that's always the case, but it's always important to have some kind of lens with that on. Yeah. To understand the motivation and the education of that person. Um, so if somebody, so just in the context of like, if somebody that's struggled with yo-yo dieting, that kind of wants to get a plan and understand how to eat, um, that would be good to go to a dietitian, but then also maybe somebody tell us about what you would do with somebody that's looking to kind of up their sports performance. Or they're like, I just feel like I'm missing something in my training. I don't feel good ever. Like my body always feels super fatigued. Um, how, how do you help somebody like that? Yeah, uh, that's where the sports dietetics credential comes in. Most of the credential, like the purpose of that credential is to understand the science of how to use food to enhance performance, right? And performance also has a lot of, there's a lot of facets of it. There's physical performance, like for cycling, it would be watts. Um, It could be body composition. It could be mental um, aptitude or reaction time, um, can even be anything like even neuromuscular, like improving your ability to handle your bike and have that neuromuscular connection. So, um, if somebody came to me and was like, Hey, I want to be better at riding my bike. Um, I want to be faster. I want to have more energy. Um, I want to be able to ride longer it would, I mean, it always starts with an assessment, right? Like it always, we always, uh, as an RD, we have, um, an assessment process that we go through and gather metrics, ask a bunch of questions. So it's going to be person specific. Um, but generally how I work is one, 
the first thing we do is try to make sure that we're checking all the boxes of daily eating, right? Like, like I mentioned earlier, regular meals, balanced meals, making sure the athlete is meeting their calorie and macronutrient needs. Um, and then we hone in on the performance piece. So understanding what kinds of foods are going to support the um, performance and digestion of that athlete before, during, and after training. And in whatever training their schedule, whatever their uh, training schedule looks like. So, I mean, some people exercise a lot. I'm amazed at <laughs> some of the recreational athletes I work with train like as much or more than I did when I was a pro. And I was like, damn, like they do a lot <laughs> of hours and they do multiple sports. Like you mentioned your, your triathlete, like Retire. That Retire is a lot triathlon. of hours. Yeah. <laughs> Retired triathlon. That is a lot of hours. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I just want to make it clear because I think a lot of times we hear a registered dietitian and we think it's just related to body composition, but when it comes to sports dietetics, like it might have nothing to do with body composition. Like you could be perfectly happy with where your body composition is, but you're maybe looking for like, I'm, I'm not timing my meals right, or maybe I'm not eating enough of the right things. Um, oh. And so like you're feeling that in recovery or, you know, cause I think like cyclists get such a bad rap for like, everybody's just trying to be as skinny as they can. And that's not actually necessarily where you get the most gain. Well, I don't think it's where you get the most gain. <laughs> um, totally. Yep. And, and any kind of cycling, it's actually the training and knowing how to fuel yourself um, for the training. Yeah. That's a big misconception. I do have that. I'll have people like I'll be on a group ride and somebody has been like, Oh, you're a dietitian. Like, so what would you do? Would you just like help people lose weight? And, and that's like the only thing they think that I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, a registered dietitian is clinically trained. So anyone that has any kind of diagnoses of any kind of food intolerance, a food allergy, um, any kind of ailment like diabetes, like any of those things, we're able to provide therapy, um, sports or sports nutrition lens with those. But also, like you mentioned, I think it's really important to, to know that there is a lot to be gained from dialing in your personal fueling, um, from that lens and not, and not a body composition lens. Um, I definitely have had clients come to me that want to improve their performance. And they think that, yes, that's like the way they're going to do it. And we get them on a bod pod and look at their body fat percentage. And we look at their numbers and I'm like, that's not, uh, where we need to focus our attention. Like that's not yeah. going to improve. And, um, most people that I work with will, they benefit more from focusing on meeting their body's energy needs than they do from altering them to alter their body size. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, my friend, Danny who's like the super badass cyclist. She's done all these like race across America and all these things. And she's like, my body wasn't ever made to be a tiny person. I'm not going to be a tiny person. And I love beating tiny people up the hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and so anyway, I think like there's, I just 
I want that misnomer in cycling to go away forever. hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's, fortunately, I, I think it's getting there. Um, I have hope. I mean, if you look at, I feel like there's just a lot, we're doing a better job of normalizing all kinds of bodies in cycling. Um, and they're definitely, it's going to take a really long time, but I have been really happy with a lot of women have came to me. They're like, I want to be better at biking and I want to feel better about the body that I'm in. And that's why they come work with me. And it's just really nice to hear that because I know that, um, they're being vulnerable and putting themselves out there, but also they're on that, um, path to healing and understanding that they can really have fun in this sport. And that's not going to, um, that they'll be able to have fun no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been so much good information, which is actually going to come out Thanksgiving week, which will be hilarious. Mm, yes. <laughs> perfect timing. So everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving <laughs> and don't, don't worry about the calories. Um, and maybe take that pie as your like ride snack, the leftover, would that be a good one? Leftover pumpkin pie? Yes. Um, try to figure out how to not to get it, it all over your pocket. face. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can do that, it'll be great. Um, and then Kristen, if people are interested in learning more, or want to know how to work with you, how can they, well, first of all, are we going to see you at any gravel races? Do you think in the future? Ooh, good question. Um, uh, you know, the whole point for me of retiring is that I didn't, I don't have to ride if I don't want to anymore. Um, so I'll, I'll be at the Foco Fondo, which is okay. in Whitney's Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Whitney. Allison's we had Whitney event. on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. So I'll be at the Foco Fondo. Um, I may be at the Belgian waffle ride, San Diego. Um, and I think that's it for this coming year. Okay. You're always welcome in the party pace group with us. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. And then how can people find you and find out more about your services? Uh, my website is a R N as in Nancy, O L D as in dog.com or uh, R D N. So Arnold R D as in dog and as in Nancy.com Arnold R D N.com. If you didn't get okay. that the first time, we'll put it in the show notes too. <laughs> yes. And, um, and yeah, that's my website for my private practice. I also coach with a company called source endurance and their website is even, um, more complicated. It's like source dash E dot net. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe email it to me and we'll put it in the I show know. notes. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I coach, I am also a cycling coach. We didn't talk about that today, but I've been coaching for six years and I love working with entry level women. That's like by far my favorite demographic to work with. So if you're looking for a coach, I do that. Um, and do you do yeah, any combo packages? So much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I, uh, I offer nutrition services through source endurance as well. It's that is like a package based. And then with my private practice, I have subscription based, but yeah, there's definitely a combo. And I mean, with my nutrition background, like it's really hard for me to coach somebody and not talk about nutrition. It's just like, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah. Well, it's, that's a powerful combination to have a coach that really gets, that gets nutrition and also understands women uh, because our needs are 
a little bit different than men. Um, and we have been impacted, I think, more by diet culture than men often. Although totally. I, I do feel like in the cycling sphere, men have a weird relationship with diet culture too. They more do. on road, but it, it can be, I don't want to generalize. This is just a woman thing. Cause I feel like, I feel like half the male cyclists I see probably have some kind of eating disorder. <laughs> so yeah, it's tough. So, well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I really appreciate your time. And I encourage people if they have questions about nutrition to, oh, and you're on Instagram too, correct? I am on Instagram. Um, Sorry, I'm like, is... I'm all over the place today. <laughs> uh, Kristen K. Arnold and Kristen with an E. Okay. So find you on Instagram, um, or check out your website. So thanks again. I think that's it for real this time. Thanks again for that. Sounds good. Thank you for having me, Catherine. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and that are coming out in wellness, like eat this, Uh, avoid that. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you done your Yeah. I'm so stoked. Yeah. So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor and they're going to cut through all the noise and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized science-backed trackable action plans for how we should eat, age. We need that and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's the cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Hey friends, we don't want chafing to keep you on the sideline from riding your bike. So we're bringing you some good news about chamois butter. Chamois butter has come on as one of the sponsors of the girls Gone gravel podcast. They've been making chamois cream for over 30 years and they've got tons of five-star reviews. So if you have ever been to your bike shop, you've probably seen that iconic purple and yellow tube. There are several different versions, including the original, the pH neutral, her, tingly Euro style, which I'm very intrigued by, <laughs> and coconut with certified organic ingredients. They've got a special for our Girls Gone Gravel listeners. You can head over to chamoisbutter.com and you get free shipping on any orders of two tubes or more. They also have really fun limited edition merch, which I've got their cool chamois butter sweatshirt. These things I wear this sweatshirt all the time. It's one of my favorites to wear. It's very soft and very warm. I could say if you get any of their chamois butter gear, you will definitely stand out in a crowd. When we were at uh, an event a couple of years ago, a guy had a chamois butter kit on and everybody knew who he was. Like everybody was cheering for him. So if you want to stand out, 
go over, get your two tubes of Shea Bee Butter, get your free shipping, and then find some cool swag and merch. Yep, I think that sounds like a great idea. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.